I'm Beth Bruno, and you're listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This is a podcast for women who wonder how strength and weakness coexist, or how to bless both bravery and tenderness. For those longing to bring the fullness of their glory to the world without a chip on their shoulder. For those who have embraced a global sisterhood and left small storied lives behind, this is for you. The fierce and lovely women seeking the both and of a big storied life. Join me as I chat with fierce and lovely women around the world. episode, we visit Turkey, a place that if you've been listening to this podcast for very long, you know, holds a very special place in my heart. I was able to interview a good friend and former teammate of mine, Esra Miller, on what it's like to be a believer and a woman in that country today. But before that, I wanted to talk a little bit about another woman from Turkey who has had a big influence on my life. I've decided that this next season, I want to bring a little bit of uh, the story of women and perhaps the lost stories of women from history and from around the world that are beginning to touch me and uh, impact my life in some way. And so I want to tell you a little bit about Norita Erickson. She was an American who lived and worked in Turkey for decades uh, before her um, death in 2014. And for the last 20 years of her life there, she and her husband um, were, were dedicated to caring for those who were disabled. And she and a few of her Turkish uh, teammates began by going into some of the Turkish orphanages that were very institutional um, back then, kids who had been abandoned because of the stigma of having a disability in a Muslim culture. And eventually they began to do work outside of the orphanage and families uh, were able to come to them as they could and her um, teammates went into homes and were able to meet different needs and really bring life and human dignity um, to those kids. And many years ago, when I was just starting out with my fledgling nonprofit uh, with a desire to really reframe with dignity those who had been marred through photography, Norita um, invited me to come and do a photography project with the kids that they were serving. And so we brought cameras and gave them cameras and went out and about into the city of Ankara, um, allowing those kids to photograph the way that they saw the world. And they took the cameras home and photographed some of the the challenges and barriers that they experience in their home, as well as some of the greatest joys and blessings that they experience. And it was so fun to see them come alive, to see shop owners on the streets uh, interact with them, perhaps in ways they never had before, and to be able to give some language to Norita's team in terms of how to engage with with kids and families um, in some different ways and how to empower them to have a voice through images 
um, sometimes when they weren't even able to, to speak. So Norita was amazing, and her service and commitment to that ministry was amazing, and it still goes on. Uh, she was able to raise up a team of leaders who have carried on the work. And I'm going to post a link uh, in the show notes for you to just watch a two-minute video on on her and on their work um, in Ankara, Turkey. So Norita um, is but one example of the many amazing women who are serving God in the country of Turkey. And Esra is another Esra is a wife and a mom and uh, a cooking show winner, and uh, she is also a certified coach and starting to to bring the practice of coaching into the culture of Turkey. Um, She's worked with domestic violence shelters and various businesses and companies, as well as individuals, um, with the, the new passion she has found in coaching. She has been a believer all of her life, and that is rare. Her parents were some of the very first Christians in Turkey. And so in this episode, we talk a little bit about what it's like to be a Christian in Turkey and what it's like to be a woman in Turkey and how Esra has balanced um, being fierce and lovely in that culture. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, Esra. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Beth. It's um, a great joy to be with you. It's so fun to hear your voice. I've known you. I was I was thinking about this the other day. I've known you for well over twenty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so much has so much has transpired in both of our lives in those two decades. Um, but it was so fun to get to see you and your family this summer as well when we came back to Istanbul. Mm-hmm. So let let's start, Esra. Um, can you just share a little bit about kind of who you are, how you would describe yourself to people, mm-hmm. uh, what things you think are important um, to share about your life? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Esra Miller. I'm 40 years old, so Beth knows me <laughs> for half of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was born in, uh, in a Christian family here. Uh, which is kind of a miracle uh, as a Turkish woman. So it was um, totally um, God's grace for my life. And I would describe uh, myself, um, of course, as a mom. Uh, I'm uh, I'm a mom. I have two kids. I'm a wife. And... Also, I'm a daughter, of course, mm-hmm. and um, if anyone uh, would meet with me, I think they would say uh, I'm a creative person, and it's my one of uh, really strongest values, value, and I think... Um, Justice and equality is one of my other uh, value, and friendship and spirituality. I think uh, would describe me. Hmm. Those are great descriptions of you. <laughs> Knowing you, um, gosh, your creativity is evident without you even having to open your mouth. <laughs> oh. 
you just, you are a picture of creativity, creative expression, mm-hmm. um, just in how you dress and your hair and um, <laughs> not to mention your cooking. So can you just talk briefly, Esra, about the fun show that you ended up being on in Turkey? Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a cooking show. Uh, I was invited. Uh, it was like five days uh, thing, and I was the winner. <laughs> so it was really, really fun. It was really, really fun. Uh, because of that, my uh, son has a has um, a new room. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he needed it separated room but it was really yes. really really fun to you know cook I think it's uh, like you mentioned it's um, connected with creativity um, and as a daughter of uh, God I think because we are uh, his creation and we have genes <laughs> kind mm. of we, we can say from him and he is the creator I think and so he gives us um, you know we look like him and we everyone has different kind of I think God's face in this earth and I think he blessed me with creativity and hmm. I, I'm so uh, thankful for that yes that's definitely one of your gifts I thought the cooking show was such a fun um different kind of, of take on the cooking shows that they came to your house mm-hmm. and you you all went to each other's homes to cook on each yes. of those days. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine that here, <laughs> how that would feel to have a whole team in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's so fun that you won the show. Yeah. Well, as for you, at the beginning, you shared about how unusual, how unique it is that you were born uh, into a Christian family in Turkey. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of what what it was like 40 years ago for mm-hmm. Christians in Turkey and, and even still now, um, just mm-hmm. the reality of the church there. Can you just speak to that? Yeah, um, it's, it, it's a big difference. My mom and my dad, one of the first Christians, Turkish Christians uh, for entire uh, Tur- like country. And my dad got lots of um, persecution because government didn't know who he is and actually didn't know like the Christianity or Christian people. So they were trying to find out so when I was growing up, I could, uh, I had to, um, or I got to uh, watch and experience um, these things. We went to the church every Sunday, like um, every Christian. But it's really unique because um, I went to church uh, like every Christian, and. But nobody knew we were going to church um, because we couldn't tell everybody because um, it was a really, really like social. Uh, that would be really hard uh, for my family. I think um, it was like a guilt, you know. Is it you have to be Christian if you're Turkish? It's like um, one of the 
core beliefs here. So, uh, you mean, I had you the, mean not that you have to be Christian, you have to be Muslim if you are oh, Turkish. Yes, yes, sorry. No, <laughs> yes, totally right. And so, I went to church every Sunday. I personally knew Jesus and I shared my faith time to time, but until I got a point, you know, I am really, really sure what I believe. Then I was more open uh, and more courageous uh, to share my faith uh, with other people. I was, um, it was a, Sometimes it was hard because, like, when I got baptized, I was on the newspaper, um, like, uh, or a few times I have been even in the jail when I am, like, when I was 20s because I just went to the church and cops came and got us from the church for, I would say, no reason. They just said, you're forbidden to meet here Mm -hmm. um second time i was just passing some brochures at uh at college Mm -hmm. so first one we uh, we, (laughs) our whole church uh, we stayed in a jail for a night it was fun (laughs) because we were all together you know we were singing and you know um even we were we were really too comfortable i would say Mm. Nothing happened after that, uh, but uh, right now I don't think people will get uh, arrested because they are going to the church. And if you uh, follow the international news, maybe you guys heard what happened here. Even you were here, but uh, when our three brothers have been killed. Yes, uh, in Turkey. Uh, so there is like different kind of um, how should I say um, like people could have extreme uh, in extreme sides. Um, but there is like Turkish people would really really love um American people or foreigner people, they really love them. But they mm-hmm. are kind of really afraid um, about, like, if uh, Christianity will come, it's going to destroy their country. They have ca- different kinds of spheres. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I compare uh, the Turkey... About this, I think people right now uh, are more, uh, I would say, like they accept Turkish people can be Christian, and there is some Turkish people actually choose to be, uh, became a Christian. I think they, they would say that because when I was 20s, when I meet with people, when I told them I'm Christian, they would just um, question, like, where are you from? Are you Turkish? You can't be Turkish. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right now, yeah. I think people are more, like, just, yeah, okay about, okay, you're Christian. 
Ah, okay. That's it's possible. more normal to hear stories for the Turks that people have become Christians. It's more of common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Esra, all of us here in the in the West heard a lot about Pastor Andrew Brunson. Mm-hmm. He was a Wheaton um, College alum, and so news spread, um, especially these last six months, as he kept returning to court after having been in jail for two years and then was finally released. How do you think that has impacted um, the country's view on Christianity? Um, This topic actually became really a political topic more than a belief topic, I believe, Um, because I think our country and um, America became, I feel kind of, I'm sorry to say that, just like they became like a kid and they were just arguing, okay, give this man, so I will give Pastor Branson. And they weren't, like they said, no, I'm not going to give, you give. So I felt like (laughs) this is a, childish conversation it seemed like to me so i think our country made some political mistakes uh he was like a pastor um dear pastor andrew branson i think he um was kind of you know a hostage Hmm. Uh, am i saying the right thing i don't know (laughs) kind of english sentence yeah, no, they, I, they took him just to um, get what they want. Right. From, yeah. They used him as a as a pawn yeah. in a bigger political game. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I think at the beginning, people were thinking he was really a spy. You know, he wasn't uh, even Christian. He wasn't... Um, pastor he just came he had like bad aims um bad intentions and uh it was on the media and it was just you know screaming every day and people really really believed that mm-hmm. and um but i think it was a god thing um at the end it took oh, so long um but at the end People like um, totally could see how this man could be a spy. You know, if you're a spy, you wouldn't stay in the same place for 20 years. Um, right. You probably would have the next job, or you know, and it's like um, when they uh, when the things really got hot, uh, maybe you heard. Turkish lira got really yes. um, so dollar mm-hmm. got really high and Turkish lira really lose the value here. It was a big crisis, so everybody you know uh, was blaming the situation. Um, oh, interesting! Blaming it on yeah P- Pastor Brunson being in jail and all of that. Yes, yes, huh. and you know. 
when I look at this situation, spiritual um, way, I really felt that, you know, he was, you know, he is God's son and God really owned his son, I felt, because like he wanted to have the justice here. I think for just one man, every Turkish people suffered, um, you know, economically. It was a big crisis uh, and mm. it's still kind of, um, we have the waves of it. This is like how I see, maybe people would see different things, but I really felt his, he loved his son and he's just, and people, I think really, really saw America even for one, like one of their uh, people, they would, you know, um, like they would do anything to get mm. him. It was a really great thing for our uh, people to see that I think every person is so valuable. Mm. In here, maybe like, you know, these days so many people, I wasn't expecting to talk political things, but um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you wouldn't too. But in here, um, people are in jail for, you know, for not any reason. And people's life, not that, you know, are really cheap. Not and, as valuable. Yes, unfortunately. So it was a good thing also for mm. our people to see that, I think. Uh, we are happy that it was like happy ending and yes. he could go home and uh, yeah. yeah well Esra you've you know I wanted to hear a little bit about just the climate I wanted my listeners to hear the climate of being a Christian a Turkish Christian um, these days I also wanted to hear a little bit from you about being a, a woman a Turkish woman in mm-hmm. a culture that is pretty male dominated. Um, Mm -hmm. And you've always been on teams where often you are the only woman (laughs) (laughs) Um, on, on leadership teams and co co leading things. What has that been like for you? How have you maintained your voice, but, Mm -hmm. but still learn to work in that context? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, our culture is um, different, um, and, and it's kind of changing. But still, you know, we have some um, echoes. Still, of course, we have some part of, like we are still um, carrying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Turkey, as a woman, I think you're a second. Um, Sec- second class citizen yes <laughs> thank you okay. thank you for <laughs> yeah you're second class and it's kind of changing but when I was growing up it was more like that mm-hmm. uh, and when I was describing myself I said uh, justice and equality yes um, and I think it's about being woman in Turkey because mm. If you're like women, uh, if you wouldn't, um, uh, if you wouldn't raise your voice, if you wouldn't stand up and you know ask for your right 
they wouldn't give it to you. It's, or mm. you have to you have to be defending yourself all the time. I think in outside um, in in Turkey, um, you have to protect yourself, of course, um, for different uh, reasons. Um, yeah, I know, like so many people in like in our uh, country, they have the same job, but because they are female, they they are not getting the same salary. In Turkey, because they are female, so we have kind of dif- like different um, culture here. Well, I And think women would say that's still pretty true across the world. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I was going to say something else. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, yeah. What has it been like for you among your the teams that you've been a part of? Kind of the and I know there have been times where it's you've had you've spoken out and that's been really challenging. How have you navigated that as a Turkish woman? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I even don't want to remember those times. <laughs> Actually, I um, I shouldn't say that because spiritually, I think it was my closest time with the Lord when I had to um, spoke out, like you said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there was sometimes I was um, serving. In the team, I saw some things. It's supposed to not look like that. Um, I had to do some investigation, kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really hard because uh, the team leader was my church leader, also. So. It uh, was so hard. There, there were so, like, um, there was a day that. Uh, so there was lots of crying days, mm-hmm. <laughs> or months. I really, um, I think, experience experienced the uh, God's word word about you know wearing the uh, the shirt. But it's like burning you. Hmm. Um, but like I said, in my spiritual life, because God was just confirming, confirming me, and I was feeling, you know, I was just dancing with Him when I was just meditating. I knew uh, I was doing what He wanted me to do. Uh, it's made me grow a lot. How I did that, I think. Um, just the answer. I think God just put it, put me there for that reason, for that day. I think it was His work, and I just obeyed. Hmm. Um, it was, yeah, it happened like that. I think even like um, I was only woman in that team, and because our leader was kind of um, 
everybody scared him. Nobody wanted to, you know, challenge him. So I had to do it. Mm. <laughs> Even I had to start the conversation. Um, but yeah, it was a hard, hard uh, conversation. But um, yeah, I think it was God's um, plan. <laughs> it's. It's such a great example of how your your desire, one of your values of pursuing justice, and in this situation, speaking out against something that was wrong, is not easy. It's not easy to do that, and that's the very definition I'm using for fierce. Is this idea of coming alongside of God to come against injustice in the world. And that's exactly what you have just described. And yet it's it's so often the most difficult thing we'll ever be called to do. <laughs> as I'm sure, I mean, as you've just named, that that was a really difficult season. Esra, how do you do that in a lovely way, right? So I just defined fierce and when we talk about fierce and lovely, I often talk about lovely being this idea of joining God to bring forth life and beauty. And that's in our words, that's in our actions, that's in our work, our ministry, all aspects of our life. Um, How do you maintain that balance of being both fierce and lovely? Um. What I was talking about, the situation, um, it happened like five, six years ago, seven years ago. So when I look back, I see I, I did some stuff not right. Um, because uh, I, I got like last two years, God is just... Um, taking me somewhere different, like coaching uh, world. I learned a, a lot about how to do it uh, with love, but <laughs> I did. I could have done a better job, I think. I still, you know, like, you know, I still, I think, did it uh, like what, with uh, my best at that point, at that time. Um, you know, when... Uh, people in front of you needs um, Caesar you can just give it to them or you can just throw them the Caesar it could hurt them like you said um, if we do that so it's really important how we do it I think I learned a lot not judge people Mm. they have different you know background like they have different motivations they have different um mom and dad different past so they there is a like different reason people act and we can't really know so it's really important um when um we see something we we i think we need to be be careful about not judging them. Hmm. 
because it's not our responsibility actually is mm. um everybody knows um as a christian mm-hmm. uh, but we have to really um careful i think about our thoughts and uh about our emotions then we realize we are feeling something i think we should ask okay what's happening to me and um is that any you know is this helping me like this emotion when we like think something before we speak i think we should um we should wait a little bit i think just realize what's happening um, spiritually over there or in, in inside of me um, because we could really react with mm-hmm. our um, you know we, we, we have we have we could give different responses and we can we can think about I think when we approach uh, people we can think it, like how this is gonna help. The situation, how this is going to help me, how this is going to help this person, you know. I think if we can just, just for a few seconds, just if we had time, like, stop and think about this, I think maybe it it, it could help um, because we are talking about, if we are talking about love, <laughs> I think we should do that. Um, we should do, do it in a lovely way. Right. Well, is that are you describing some of the some of the methods that you've been learning as as a new coach? Um, <laughs> so let, let's talk. I want to hear a little bit about that, about what you're doing now, in terms mm-hmm. of bringing this whole concept of coaching into mm-hmm. Turkey and mm-hmm. leading in that way, and maybe even showing by example what you just described about just pausing and waiting and <laughs> reflecting personally <laughs> before we act. Can you talk a little bit about that, about coaching? Oh, yeah, that would be my pleasure. You know, coaching is like um, just being there, provocating the thoughts and just uh, helping people to reach their, um, you know, capacity. Am I yeah. saying right? Like, they can see their potential and they can maximize their capacity. Yeah. So it helps for that. And, you know, in the Bible, it says, um, re- like, change by renewing your thoughts. And um, I think for the attitude change as a, like, as a human, as a Christian, at first, first it starts with, uh, what's happening in our um, head <laughs> and I really enjoyed coaching because I really believe this is gonna be um, um, this is like how um, I can be useful for God's good uh, work here so are you coaching um, individuals? Are you coaching companies and teams? Like, what does it look like so far for you? For me, I think I did all of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was 
coaching individually. I coached city council, uh, like team coaching I did with them. And I did them. I went to like private school, so I coached their students, whole whole students for a month. Oh my goodness! So yeah, it was fun, really fun. So God gives, um, gives me different, um, actually kind of um, good um, opportunities. It sounds like yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. And even like last a few months got opened different um door. So um our academy were giving um education for uh women who who actually got uh, abused uh-huh. at their homes. There is like homes in Turkey that they can go like uh, shelters yes so um they invited like manager of the houses like uh, managers to their academy and they trained them and i they asked me to be assist um them and so it was so great so god is uh giving giving me different um, opportunities like you said Mm -hmm. i can just i'm just so thankful and um, enjoying it <laughs> yeah and interacting with people that you wouldn't normally interact with yes totally right mm. that sounds like a wonderful new path for you <laughs> <laughs> um and your kids the how old are your kids now Esra? um eight and four eight and four so mm-hmm. they're in school full-time Right. Yes. <laughs> there you go. See, mothers all around the world are praising God for full time school. <laughs> yes. If their school is good, you know, for them, I think it's a blessing because they need so socialize, you know, they need to have the friends to learn from each other, you know. They I think yeah, we have we can't. We don't have to be ashamed. I think. Right. <laughs> well, and it's actually very, very normal in at least in big cities mm-hmm. in Turkey for mm-hmm. kids to start going to school full time, even younger than mm-hmm. four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Esra, you are you're just involved in so many different ways as as a leader in in your country and. I've always admired you so much. And when I think of a fierce and lovely woman, you come to mind. And so I just want to thank you for sharing a little bit with us today on the podcast and for being a believer in a country with not many believers and um, just continuing to walk in your faith and use whatever opportunities he gives you to continue to to share your faith with others. So thank you so much. You're welcome so much. It was a really great pleasure, Beth. And it was so great. Um, It was an honor to know you and just live in the same country so many years. Your family always so special. And you were always a great model for us, for other Turkish people here. Mm -hmm. Well, likewise. Janam, çok teşekkürler. Bye bye.
Bye-bye. Well, I'm not sure what came over me. You just heard a little bit of my very rusty Turkish. Uh, But I hope that you uh, just were encouraged by Esra and were able to just get a snapshot of what life is like in a different culture. Um, and I hope that moms, you invited your daughters to listen to this one, uh, just again, to expose them to a global sisterhood and a world that is so much bigger than the one that we are living here in America. I'm going to have the links to Esra's cooking show in the show notes, as well as that little video about Norita. And um, I just hope that you have fun exploring the stories, the lost stories of so many women throughout the world and throughout time. And I hope to play a little part in that as we continue to explore what it means to be a fierce and lovely woman. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to the Fierce and Lovely Podcast. Podcast.